Welcome to another episode of Mike's Money Picks. With today being the 4th of July, which by the way, happy Independence Day to all celebrate, I figure what better way to celebrate than by continuing our 32 NFL team previews by discussing America's team, the Dallas Cowboys, here on today's episode. Well, uh, I'll be honest, I didn't really plan out the timing like that. I didn't know we were going to end up doing Dallas on July 4th, but hey, sometimes things just work out, right? So we are in the middle of the NFC East, and so today we are going to be discussing the Dallas Cowboys, and we're going to talk about what you can expect out of the Dallas Cowboys 2023 season from a fantasy football perspective. So we're going to be talking about whether you are playing redraft, dynasty, or best ball. We're going to be looking at what the Dallas offense did in the 2022 season and what you can expect from all of their guys from a production standpoint for 2023 and the stats that matter and where we have them ranking and just kind of what you can expect as a season outlook for all these Dallas Cowboys skill players. Now we are in the middle of these 32 team previews. We're going to get through all 32 this summer. Um, so if if you like these team previews and you want to see more of them and you want to be notified when new episodes drop, go ahead and hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening to this, uh, whether it be a podcast, Spotify, Apple, or wherever you're listening. Or if you're watching this on YouTube, please hit the subscribe button. Please hit the like button. It shows me more support than you could ever know, and I really do appreciate it. It really helps the videos get noticed, really helps increase that viewer base and increase the community that we're trying to build here at Mike's Money Picks. Now, since we're going to be talking a little best ball on here, if you are interested in trying out best ball drafts under Underdog Fantasy is the best platform for best ball drafts. I highly recommend it. It's where I do most of my best ball stuff on. And you can use my promo code to get your first deposit matched up to $100. That promo code is mconley 88 You can find it in the description of the YouTube video. You can also find it in the pinned tweet on my Twitter profile, at Mike's Money Picks. And lastly... If you want to see my full rankings and my full draft guide, it's available on my Patreon, patreon.com slash Mike's Money Picks. It is $3 a month to join. You get access to those rankings and that draft guide. It is a lot cheaper than a lot of other fantasy sites. It is a lot cheaper than buying a magazine or anything like that. Um, so it's very cost effective. It will help you out and win your drafts this offseason. It has a lot of information that can help you be good at fantasy football for the 2023 season. And I'm going to be continually updating it as we get closer to the beginning of of the season. All right, so that does it for the introduction. So let's go ahead and talk about some Dallas Cowboys. But first, let's get a quick word from our friends at Spotify. All right, so before we can talk about what the Dallas offense is going to be up to in 2023, let's look at where they were at in 2022. So the Dallas offense was pretty successful, all things considered, in 2022. They ranked 10th in total yards and 3rd in total points. Um, they did it through a heavy ground attack, though. They ranked 14th in passing yards and 8th in rushing yards. And overall, throughout the course of the season, they were 10th in rush rate. And so basically, at all 32 teams in the league, in terms of um, distribution between run plays and pass plays, they were 10th in amount. Of run plays, which means that they were 22nd in the amount of pass plays, or the, the rate that they call pass plays, I should say. Um, now, all these stats. It makes sense a little bit of why they were so run heavy because they were without Dak Prescott for five games. They had Cooper Rush in his place starting. And so in um, Dak Prescott's absence, they leaned on that ground game a little bit more and they were really successful doing it. They had a really good offensive line and a lot of production out of their top two running backs. Now, it is noteworthy heading into the 2023 season that there is a new offensive coordinator in Dallas, um, Kellen Moore. 
which was a guy that Dallas fans seemed to hate, but yet when he was interviewing for head coaching jobs, they didn't want him to go. I could never understand what they actually thought of him. But either way, Kellen Moore, no matter what you think about his success as an offensive coordinator in Dallas, he ain't there anymore. He's going to be with the Chargers. And so Dallas did hire a new offensive coordinator, Brian Schottenheimer. And so I would expect personally that this ground-heavy attack is going to continue in 2023. Brian Schottenheimer, son of the great Marty Schottenheimer, a, a coach that, you know, kind of coached up Marty ball. He coined that term, right? Which is, you know, we're going to run the ball, we're going to control the clock, and we're going to win games that way. Brian Schottenheimer has a lot of those tendencies as well. It's going to be a lot of power O, a lot of tight ends and fullbacks in the game. Um, and so you can definitely expect another run-heavy outcome for Dallas this season. Now, from the quarterback position, though, I don't necessarily think that that's such a bad thing for Dak Prescott. So last season, Dak Prescott finished his QB 13 in fantasy points per game. Like I said, he missed five games, so I'm not going to look at his overall numbers. I'm going to look at the points per game numbers. And this really represents a floor season for him. This was not his best work. It was some of the lowest fantasy production since like the start of his career. He only averaged 238 passing yards per game, and he had a career low one rushing touchdown. And all in all, the volume was pretty low. As we mentioned, that rush rate was very high. Well, Dallas was 19th in team pass attempts per game. That includes the start that... Um, or the starts that Cooper Rush had in the middle of the season. So this was not a high passing volume offense. This was just not a great season for Dak Prescott overall. However, over the course of his career, Dak Prescott has showed a lot better results than this, and he's shown a lot more upside with his legs as well. I think the new offensive coordinator, Brian Schottenheimer, is going to get Dak back to where he was before the injury last year and kind of, you know, back to where he should be in the prime of his career. So with where he's at right now, I think Dak Prescott is a low-end quarterback one who has a high floor and lacks the true ceiling to finish as quarterback one overall. Like we said, he doesn't have as high passing volume as a lot of other quarterbacks. He's not going to have as high rushing volume as lot of other quarterbacks either. So I just think that when you look at the fact that his volume is going to be so low and the fact that this team is tied to um, using their running backs, I, I do think that Dak is a QB1, um, but I do not think that with just his lack of volume, I don't think he's going to have that ceiling to finish his QB1 overall. I do think right now in best ball drafts on underdog and DraftKings, uh, I think that Dak's being a little bit undervalued. He's being drafted behind guys like Tua Tagovailoa and Kirk Cousins and Anthony Richardson and Daniel Jones. I have him ahead of that in my season-long rankings, and I would draft him ahead of those guys in best ball as well, unless you're trying to set up stacks in best ball. Um, so for my overall ranking, Dak Prescott is my quarterback nine for the 2023 season. All right, so let's shift our focus a little bit from the quarterback position, and let's talk about some running backs. So in 2022, Dallas had two very successful running backs from a fantasy perspective. Ezekiel Elliott finished his running back 22 overall and in fantasy points per game. And over the course of the whole season last year, Zeke had a 55% snap share and a 52% opportunity share. In total, he had 231 carries and 23 targets. And Tony Pollard finished his RB8 overall and in fantasy points per game also. Um, and he had a 51% snap share and a 48% opportunity share. He totaled 193 carries and 55 targets. Now, I'm no expert in math. Oh, wait, yes, I am. I'm actually a high school math teacher. But anyway, Zeke had a 55% snap share, and Tony Pollard had a 51% snap share. So there were snaps where both these guys were on the field at the same time. They ran a lot of 2021 20, and 22 personnel in Dallas last year with these two guys on the field. Um, and so I do think that that is something that might continue with new offensive coordinator Brian Schottenheimer, even um, the use of two running backs on the field at the same time. Now, I do want to point out, 
Pollard actually beat Zeke in weighted opportunities because weighted opportunities weighs a target more than a carry um, from a fantasy perspective. Because if you think about it, that target, you know, they catch it instantly. Even if they don't do anything with it, that's an instant point. Um, and so weighted opportunities, Tony Pollard did, did edge out Zeke just a little bit, even though Zeke had a few more total opportunities. Now, I do think that the yardage totals are a little bit interesting. Pollard was a much more efficient runner. On 40 less carries, he ran for over or almost 130 yards more than Ezekiel Elliott. Pollard ended the season with 1,007, whereas Elliott only totaled 876. Now, the weekly finishes for these guys, they didn't cancel each other out like as much as you would think. Like they both were able to be productive even when they were both um, on the field and, you know, both sharing the backfield together. Tony Pollard totaled six weekly finishes inside the top 10. Four of those six were top four weekly finishes. Tony Pollard really had a lot of ceiling games. Um, however, he also had four finishes outside of the top 30, which actually all things considered, considering that he wasn't like a super workhorse back, that's not a high number. Um, and so that's something that you can kind of live with. And we're going to get more on the best ball side of that here in just a second. But Ezekiel Elliott, was more of the steady performer um, that didn't really flash the high ceiling weeks. He only had two top 10 weekly finishes, but he had nine weekly finishes in the top 20, meaning that there were eight weeks where he was not in the top 20. Well, he missed two games, so we can call that six starts outside of the top 20. Now, there were eight weeks eight, it's about half the season, where both Pollard and Elliott finished inside the top 30 running backs. Translation, Dallas had two fantasy starting caliber running backs for about half the season last year in those eight weeks. So um, really leaning heavily on those running backs uh, last year for Dallas. Now, um, I don't know if you guys know this or not. You know, you're watching this video, you probably do. Ezekiel Elliott is no longer a Dallas Cowboy, at least as this video is being recorded right now on July 4th. So it's kind of relevant to go back and look at the statistics when Ezekiel Elliott did not play last year. He missed two games. And in those two games, Tony Pollard had a 55% and an 85% snap share. In those two games, he had 14 and 22 carries. And he scored 33.7 and 21.8 fantasy points, which were good for running back four and running back eight in those two weeks. So Tony Pollard was quite frankly an elite, elite fantasy running back when Ezekiel Elliott was out. So basically, translation, if Zeke was out and Tony Pollard was elite, what do you expect to happen for him this year? Now, I do think that it's worth noting that there are still some other running backs on the Cowboys roster, um, first of which is Malik Davis, who played as the running back two when Pollard missed late in the season against Tennessee, was fairly successful in that game, won some people some showdown money in DFS. I believe that was a Thursday night football game. There's Rico Dowdle, who played as the team's running back three in weeks one through five before getting injured himself. And then there's Deuce Vaughn, who's a rookie out of Kansas State, who was very productive as a three-down back in college. He was very good receiving the ball out of the backfield. So the question becomes is, if Dallas ends up not re-signing Ezekiel Elliott, which I do think is still a possibility, um, and it's just powered in Davis and Dowdle and Vaughn on the roster, the question becomes, who's going to take away the work away from Pollard? I really like Deuce Vaughn as a player, but I don't think Deuce Vaughn is a guy that's going to take away a lot of work from Pollard because they do a lot of the same things 
in the same way. Like they're both a little bit undersized. They're both pretty speedy. They're both really good receiving out of the backfield. So I don't think that Deuce Vaughn is going to take a lot of work from Pollard. However, I do think he's probably the guy you want as a handcuff to Pollard because I think if Pollard were to ever get injured, Deuce Vaughn's going to be the guy that inherits that role. I personally think Malik Davis is going to end up as the Cowboys running back too. Um, I, I, he was pretty solid back coming out of Florida. He was really good down the stretch of last season, but we will have to see in training camp until the start of the regular season if they keep all four of these running backs or if they add a fifth one into the mix. But as it stands right now, I would rank Malik Davis second among these four running backs overall, but Deuce Vaughn would be the handcuff that I would want to have if Tony Power were to be on my roster. So here's the bottom line for the Dallas Cowboys running back room this year. Last year, Tony Power was the running back eight with Ezekiel Elliott on the team and in the lineup for 15 out of 17 games. So what are we doing right now with Tony Pollard's ADP? He was running back eight last year with Ezekiel Elliott. Ezekiel Elliott had 52% of his team's opportunities. And Ezekiel Elliott's gone. Now, I'm not saying that Pollard is going to end up taking all 52% of those, but even if he just gets like 10 to 15% of what Ezekiel Elliott had, then he's going to be an elite, elite fantasy running back. And right now he's being drafted after RB8. And he was RB8 last year. So what are we doing? I don't understand that one at all. Now, if they do not sign another running back, then Davis, Dowdle, or Vaughn could have significant value as the team's running back too. I would be adjusting that ranking um, you know, as that situation transpires. I think that right now when you look at best ball drafts, Davis and Vaughn are pretty much free. You can pretty much get them in the last round. And if you have Tony Power in your lineup or if you're just looking to take a dart throw on somebody with upside, I think one of those two guys is worth a shot because like I said, it's not like Tony Power is going to go from having 48% of the opportunities to 98% of the opportunities. There's going to be some touches in there for Davis or Dowdle or Vaughn worked in. So with all that being said, as it stands right now, Tony Power is my running back six heading into 2023. And quite frankly, I might should be higher on him, but the guys that are ahead of him are just such workhorses and such consistent fancy options that I think the power might very well have a legitimate RB1 ceiling, more so than even some of the guys ahead of him. But he was RB8 last year with Zeke. There's no Zeke this year. He's got to finish ahead of RB8 if he's able to stay fully healthy. So Powered is my running back six heading into next year. Davis, Dowdle, and Vaughn, I'm taking a wait-and-see approach, but they are on my radar. All right, so now let's switch things over just a bit and let's talk about some wide receivers. So for the wide receiver position for Dallas in 2022, C.D. Lamb finished with a very, very productive season. Uh, he was wide receiver five overall and wide receiver seven in fantasy points per game. Now, he was pretty much a dominator in terms of the production in this Dallas wide receiver room, though. No other Cowboys wide receiver finished in the top 50 wide receivers on the season, and no other team in the NFL had more of a gap in targets between their wide receiver one and their wide receiver two. Dallas's wide receiver two last season ended up being Noah Brown. He finished his wide receiver 61. Michael Gallup uh, did not play a full season as he came back from an ACL injury and finished his wide receiver 65 in fantasy points per game. Now, other guys were around. Um, and just kind of floated in and out of the lineup, floated in and out of the fantasy football relevance. Uh, and it was T.Y. Hilton, Cavante Turpin, and James Washington. Um, I mean, Turpin's going to be on the roster because he's their kick returner. Washington might be around, but it does look like they have moved on from T.Y. Hilton. Um, so 
pretty much you still have these guys floating around in the periphery in this Cowboys receiver room, but C.D. Lamb is the guy that matters the most in this receiver room. Last year, he did have a breakout year. Previously, he'd been playing alongside Amari Cooper in 2020 and 2021, and last year was like C.D. Lamb unleashed because he didn't have Cooper to compete for targets with, and Lamb set career highs in targets, target share, receptions, yards, touchdowns, and fantasy points. Yeah, pretty much every stat that mattered in fantasy football, C.D. Lamb set career highs in last year. Last year out of the whole NFL, Lamb ranked fourth in total targets and ninth in target share, and he was a super consistent option. He finished outside the top 30 wide receivers in only five weeks last season. To me, Lamb is an elite season-long fantasy pick. He's an elite dynasty pick because he's still young, and he's an elite best ball pick because of that right there that I just said only outside the top 30 wide receivers in five weeks last season. So with the workload that he's getting, he doesn't give you floor weeks. He's going to be a starter caliber receiver week in, week out. And I'm a big proponent of if you have a late first round pick in best ball right now, go ahead and lock in CD Lamb because he's going to be a good producer this season. Now for the other Dallas receivers, Michael Gallup is a buy low candidate to me. Um, back in 2019, where Dallas still had Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup was the team's second wide receiver, he finished his wide receiver 17 in fantasy points per game before he started dealing with all these injuries before C.D. Lamb came about. Well, it's kind of a similar scenario now where instead of it being Cooper and Gallup, now it's Lamb and Gallup. There's no Cooper to compete with also. So I think that Michael Gallup is a solid buy low candidate because he's going so much deeper than where I would draft him right now. Last year, when he played, Gallup ranked 52nd in the league with nearly a 17% target share. So he's seeing a decent amount of targets when he's out on the field. And last year, he, I think he's a candidate for some positive regression because he had a very low catchable target rate last season. For whatever reason, him and Dak Prescott just could not get on the same page. Um, and so there were a lot of balls that were thrown to Gallup that were not catchable. Um, and so I really do think Gallup could be in some line for some positive regression. Now, Dallas did add Brandon Cooks in the offseason. He's coming over from Houston. Um, and in that addition, Noah Brown and T.Y. Hilton are gone. Ironically, Noah Brown's in Houston. Um, and so Brown and Hilton, their absence leaves behind 83 total targets with a combined 23% target share. Um, I think if you were to just transfer those over to Cooks, just all of them, I don't think that's an unreasonable move because Cooks last year finished as wide receiver 37 in fantasy points per game in Houston, which was not a great offense. And in that offense, he commanded 93 total targets with a 21% target share. Like I said, fairly comparable numbers to what you got out of Noah Brown plus T.Y. Hilton last year. So I think that the season that Cooks had last year is actually a fairly reasonable target for what he can do this year in Dallas, even though it is a new location. So here's the bottom line for the Dallas wide receiver room. C.D. Lamb has one of the highest floors in all fantasy football because of the sheer volume that he's going to get as the wide receiver one in this Dallas passing attack. Now, Brandon Cooks, to me, is a high upside play who could have a bounce back here coming over from Houston. Like I said, if you just give him all of those brown plus um, Hilton targets plus a few more that we're going to talk about here in just a second, a little bit of a teaser. Um, 
then he could have a very good season. And, and I do think him being in a better offense with a better quarterback will be good for Brandon Cooks. Michael Gallup is a late round Hail Mary that has a better chance than many others in that range. We've seen Michael Gallup have a top 20 wide receiver season before. And I think that he does have the upside to do that again now that he's back fully healthy, now that he is squarely this team's wide receiver too. And he should be able to earn a legitimate target share. So heading into next season, Lamb is my wide receiver seven. Cooks is my wide receiver 40. Gallup is my wide receiver 46. I'm a lot higher on Gallup than a lot of the industry is. And personally, I love in best ball. Um, and I've done a few of these so far where I did get CD Lamb at the tail end of the first round or at the start of the second round even. I love stacking Lamb plus Gallup plus Prescott together. I think that that's a really good combination um, to have, and you don't really have to invest a whole lot in Gallup. Uh, I think that Gallup's more likely that if Lamb doesn't have a good game, it's probably going to be a Michael Gallup type of game. Gallup really does excel in man coverage. C.D. Lamb, that's not his relative strength. And so I do think that if you're looking to get a guy that maybe can fill in some deficiencies for Lamb, I think that Gallup would be that guy, and I think Gallup does have a lot of upside. Now, I did mention best ball earlier. I also do think that Tony Pollard is an elite best ball pick um, because, like I said, he does have those big ceiling weeks. Um, and you can get him at the tail end of round two in best ball leagues right now. If, if that's how you want to set up your team, if you want to wait one round to not draft a running back in round one, Tony Pollard's a great option to draft one in round two in best ball right now. All right, so that does it for the wide receiver position. So let's go ahead and switch on over and talk about some tight ends. So last season, Dalton Schultz was Dallas's primary tight end, and he finished as tight end 10 overall and tight end 9 in fantasy points per game. Key news, Dalton Schultz now plays for the Houston Texans. He's no longer a Dallas Cowboy. And in last year's offense in Dallas, Schultz commanded 89 total targets on an 18.7% target share. So I really think that, like I said with the math behind Cooks' targets earlier, if you give Cooks all of the Brown plus Hilton targets, I think you can give him some of the Schultz targets as well. And that would very easily get him to a comfortable number where he could exceed last season's total targets. Now, also last year, Schultz had a pretty decent amount of ceiling performances. He had six weekly finishes in the top 10 tight ends, five of which were top five. When Dak Prescott targeted Dalton Schultz, it was seemed to be like all in one game. He did give you a lot of big games. He was a really good DFS option because he could give you those ceiling games, especially if you stacked him with Prescott. Now, last year, they did run 12 and 22 personnel quite a bit in Dallas. And so the other Dallas tight ends still did find a little success in 2022. All the other Dallas tight ends not named Dalton Schultz combined for six top 20 weekly finishes last year. That's no slouch. Like that's a decent total for backup tight ends. Now they did have one weekly top 10 finish. Um, when Jake Ferguson was tight end eight in one week where Dalton Schultz missed. So Jake Ferguson did give you a top 10 tight end weekly finish when Dalton Schultz was out. And then Schultz also missed another game in week three where Peyton Hendershot finished as tight end 19. So on the current Cowboys roster, Ferguson and Hendershot are still on it. And they also drafted Michigan tight end Luke Schoonmaker in the third round of the 2023 NFL draft. So 
Schoonmaker, I, I do got to talk about him just a little bit. Schoonmaker was not a heavy volume tight end in college because Michigan just was not a high volume passing offense. He was an elite blocker that really did pave the way for some of these Michigan running backs in the last few years, but he was not a high volume tight end. He was efficient. He tended to be very good at making contested catches. He had some highlight reel catches in his time at Michigan, um, but he doesn't really have as much experience in the past game as some other tight ends that are coming into the league, like a Dalton Kincaid or like a Michael Mayer. However, it, it still wouldn't shock me if Luke Schoonmaker, with that third-round draft capital, clearly the, the GM and the coach like him or they wouldn't draft him in third round, it wouldn't shock me if he ended up winning the tight end battle at the start of training camp and ended up coming into the season as the team's starter. So at the end of the day, I'm not really touching any of these Dallas tight ends right now in redraft fantasy leagues. I think Schoonmaker's a valid pick in Dynasty. I think that either Ferguson or Schoonmaker as a late round flyer in best ball is a viable option. But the bottom line right now is that I want some clarity on the depth chart um, before I draft either of these Dallas tight ends, whether it's Ferguson, whether it's Hendershot, or whether it's Schoonmaker. I want clarity before I draft any of these three guys. And I think that this situation with the tight ends, I think if they don't add another tight end or if they don't give us any clarity as to who the starter is going to be, I think that only increases a little bit of the value that some of these receivers are going to have because I don't think that any of these tight ends are going to command as much of a target share as Dalton Schultz did last year if they're not able to beat each other out in training camp. Because think about it, Ferguson and Hendershot were on the roster last year and Schultz clearly head and shoulders was ahead of them too. And, and you know, so if Schoonmaker does that, then congratulations, he might be really worth something. But if it is just Ferguson and Hendershot, I, I just don't see them commanding as many targets as Dalton Schultz did. All right, so that does it for the Dallas Cowboys 2023 fantasy football team preview. If you're listening on the podcast, please rate and review. I really do appreciate it. If you're watching on YouTube, please like the video. Please subscribe to the channel. It really does help me out. I really do appreciate it. You'll be notified when new episodes drop. Like our next episode where we're going to talk about the New York Giants. We're also going to have another Live Golf episode coming up later this week also. So if you're subscribed and you're interested in you know playing some DFS or making some bets for Live Golf, you'll be able to do that as well. So we're going to be continuing this trek around the NFC East with the New York Giants and the Washington Commanders. We're going to look to finish the NFC East by the end of the week, and we are continuing with all 32 team previews. Like I said, if you want the promo code on underdog, it's mconley 88 it's see the pinned tweet on my Twitter at Mike's Money Picks if you need help spelling it, or it is in the link of the YouTube description. Um, and then also, if you want all of these stats, all these ranks, all this information, head on over to the Patreon, patreon.com slash Mike's Money Picks. Um, you'll have access to the draft guide and the ranking spreadsheet. All right, that does it for this episode, guys. Hopefully, I was able to give you guys a lot of good information on where to value these Dallas Cowboys heading into 2023. Thank you guys for watching or listening, and I will see you next time.